podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of It's Eleven. It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans. Joined tonight by the OGs, uh, we have some serious stuff to discuss. Steve, Barry, Tom, and Aiden. How are you, Steve? To start with, how's things? Uh yeah, I'm okay considering Saturday. I'm uh, getting on, and I've got uh, next weekend in the Chelsea end um, following the Foxes, which probably doesn't augur well. I'm going to have a lot of Happy Chelsea fans around <laughs> me. Happy Chelsea fans in the way yesterday, anyway. Yeah. You can only hope the players badly next week, but I doubt it somehow. Yeah, well. Baz, you're mourning another Aston Villa defeat. It's good to have <laughs> you with us in our uh, pity party this evening. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah I, don't like, I don't like it when we play at the same time because I can kind of either look forward to your game and hope that they win and just put a bit of sparkle into my life, but... It was just depressing watching the scores coming for both games. Yeah, shite. And Aidan, bad weekend uh, for you as well. Crusaders not done too well. Didn't know they were away to kind of title rivals Glentoran on Friday night at the Oval. Um, scored after five minutes, but Glentoran replied within two minutes and it was kind of downhill after the 20-minute mark, so not good. Aidan, there's a man behind you. And he he is, all right. He's going to be very quiet. He's come to watch Man United Liverpool, but he's promised not to speak. Haven't you, Dave? <laughs> All good, all good. <laughs> and Tom, have you recovered from uh, Saturday's shenanigans down at King Power? I have not in more ways than one. Um, <laughs> no, bad, bad weekend really, wasn't it? Um, so the highlight was beating you at darts, which was quite tremendous oh. <laughs> and unusual. Unforeseen, that wow. was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, good work. Yeah, all right, cheers for that. It's 11 at 7 for Jamie Vardy. Now, listen, lads, one place to start, and that's obviously the defeat to Southampton at the weekend, and and the uh, questions that have been brought into mind regarding the manager's position from around the fan base. So depending which social media you, you're on, if it's Facebook, it's a little bit more um, subdued. But if you're on Twitter at the minute, there's a huge swell of... Uh, support against the manager to, to remove him from his position. Tom, how are you feeling after the game on Saturday? What's your thoughts now that the dust settled? Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I've, I've tried not to think about it. Um, at the time, it was, well, at the time it was horrific. Um, annoyingly, not that unexpected, especially, you know, it had, it had that feeling Um like when we played Brentford and they were coming back into it, you you had that feeling that Southampton were coming back into the game and you could just see the goals coming like a, a couple of minutes before we were even calling it, you know, a goal's in now, a goal's in now. And yeah, it's just really disappointing, I think, that we've got the squad that we have and we, I don't know, I mean, it felt like they, they just didn't give it any effort out there. So, um in, yeah, as I say, I really, I really haven't been thinking about it since. I haven't wanted to. Um, I know we we caught it again on match of the day, and other than that, we've had a few beers by that point. Though, yeah, well, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but in terms of kind of Rogers, I think I get quite easily swept up in the media of this is all going wrong, blah blah blah. Um, and I think you know some of the chats that we've had recently has kind of brought brought me back around to reality and thinking, stick with it, see see how things go. Especially you know last week we were speaking to Tom, weren't we? About um, you know give him he was saying give him ten games and see how you get on. But uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like we've got the time for it this this season. It's starting to look a little bit bleak, Steve. We've uh, played three games, one point. 18th in a fledgling league at the moment, which, you know, people will say don't um, pay too much attention to. But the next three games, I think, are Chelsea, um, Manchester United and then Brighton after that, before playing Spurs and Aston Villa. So it's not, most of those games aren't easy. Um, 
waiting for us to buy. Uh, but we could be in a situation where we're getting slightly cut adrift. I think the priorities have changed a little bit this season already. Yeah, I think it's too early to say. I mean, we were talking earlier, you know, would you fire Moyes right then now? Right now he's bottom of the table without a point, without a goal. Um, they only finished one place above us last season, I think. So, um, but it's been going on for a while, I think, uh, going back to last season, where we've shown glimpses of our form, like the first 60 minutes of against Brentford, we could have easily been four up. Um, and then we got nervous and let it slip. Arsenal, we defended appallingly, didn't really, although we scored a couple of goals, didn't really play that well. And although we were in control for the first 60 minutes, um, we didn't create much, did we? And that's the worrying thing. I think we had two shots on target all game. I think the stat is we've only had eight shots on target this season, scored five goals. Well, you know, you can't continue to score that many goals with that few shots on target, can you? That's an extraordinary percentage. So it's really worrying. We don't seem to be able to defend. Um, I would give... Rogers a few more games to turn it round, uh, and the, for the simple reason he's got a few credits in the bank. You know, two fifth place finishes, eight last year with horrendous injuries, FA Cup, Community Shield, and I just wonder who would come right now. That's any good. Seems to be the argument, doesn't it? That seems to be well, the, yeah, and the and it can't go on as an argument forever. If 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 we keep playing like this, we've got to make a change, right? Yeah. But. Um, I, I don't want Sam Allardyce or Sean Dyche turning up or whatever. And who's going to come with no money to spend? And are they going to be able to make it better? Um, and is that going to fit into the team, into the club's long-term plan to disrupt the top six? I don't think so with managers like that. So I think we've got to be a little more patient. That's my view. But yeah, we're, we're, we're going to, we could be in for a difficult season. All I'd say is Arsenal lost the first three games last year. Look what happened to them and where they mm-hmm. are this year. I think it's not just the defeats, though, Steve, is it? It's the way we're playing at the moment yeah. that, that adds to that. So it, it feels pretty bleak, Barry. We called it uh, on last week's show that if Leicester were to go behind, then it would turn fairly toxic. And it and it did on, on Saturday. You know, there was uh, people... Well, they got booed off. The lads got booed off at the end. People were, were making their voices heard, not least myself and Tom. Um, but, you know, the, the flip side to what Steve's just said there... If in your work you weren't any good at it, but your employer sat back and said, oh, who else can we get in to do a better job? That just wouldn't happen, would it, in other, any other industry? Yeah, I think so. And I think um, <clears throat> I kind of get what Steve says about the credit in the bank. Um, but that, that's gone now. I think, I think it, nothing seems to be changing. Um, oh, he's... Uh, Dropped out there, unfortunately. We'll come to you, Aidan, instead, if that's okay. You, you're uh, from, from afar. You haven't obviously been to a game this season and sat through what what we've sat through. But you, you're a bit more on the forgiving side of Brendan Rodgers at the moment. I think. I think a major thing for me is, uh, and um, Danny Murphy brought it up on, on match of the day. You know, until the until the transfer window closes, I think we're going to be very unsettled. I think what's going on with Fafana. Um, and to an extent with Telemans is really unsettling the side and I think it's premature to judge Brendan Rodgers at this time um, I think that that's having quite an effect on the team now it's not just that of course um, but I, I would like to see how things how he can get things settled perhaps by the end of September um, I just think this is and it is a big question that many people ask why do we have a transfer window that that remains open um, you know, a number of games into the season, especially for clubs like ours, um, that wasn't good. Seeing Fafana sitting in the stand on on Saturday, that was you know, that's taking the players' minds off of what should be happening, as well as the fans. Um, so I think give Rodgers that opportunity to to settle the squad once he knows who's going to be there for the season. Um, and and kind of, I think it's too too early to say um, at this point. I think we need to let that transfer window shut and see how the dust settles. Baz, good to have you back. You put another pound in the meter there. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, well, where were we? Yeah, I think I just I think um, it, it's strange because it's very similar to where I'm uh, sitting as a Villa fan. And the next three games are awful for both our teams. 
Um, and one of the things, uh, I, like Tom said, I, I get I get totally swept up in the social media thing when it's when it's Villa. Um, but one of the things was I was discussing with, and I'm assuming the Leicester fan base was on Twitter too, was we can give the next three games. They're technically free hits because they are seen as better teams. But for me, I think the trigger needs to be pulled now and allow the team to see, the new manager to see what his team's like in these circumstances. Um, because Brendan's not going to learn anything new. He's got he's got nothing new to give. He's got he hasn't gained anything new. Like I, the the motivation's not there. Like if he if he's not going to go, he needs to change the coaching staff. So something fundamentally has to change. Play, players isn't enough. It's too stagnant. Uh, there's players that are just chugging along. Five out of ten, six out of ten, and just happy to do it. There's no eagerness. Uh, like indeed, he is a prime example of that, uh, and it must be disheartening. I, like I, 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 I like I like the belief of giving people time and, and whatnot. But if you get if if you don't do it soon and you don't start to remedy it soon within the first ten games, you'll be so far behind. You're not going to get. You're going to be fighting for top ten, and if, and probably not get that. And then it affects your next season. It affects that players won't want to come to that. They won't want to come to a team that looks like they're on the decline um, and potentially still with a manager. It looks like he's got nothing to give. No, I, I would agree with you there as well. I think, Tom, when we, we look at form, yeah, we're not just talking about the last three games, are we? So, you know, we take it back over the, the back half of last season. Yeah. That's three wins in 14 games. And those three wins were dead rubbers, two against uh, relegated teams and one against Southampton, who were extremely poor. So this malaise has been going on for... A while now, and just yeah. on the back of that as well, I was talking about uh, the, the players sort of not getting out of first gear. But the manager, when he talks, doesn't sound like he's getting out of first gear either, does he? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think um, the football just hasn't been exciting for the whole of 2022, um, which has been frustrating, you know, going go to the King Power and like you say, scraping a few points here and there. We've, we've never felt like we've got a real good team back together. I know we had all the injuries and such, but even when those players came back, they've just not been at it, really. Um, and yeah, Rogers, I think it's it's really starting to grate on everyone that he's, make, he's making the same excuses sort of week after week. And there doesn't appear to be any passion behind what he's saying either. He just doesn't seem interested. Would you, not would you, Steve, because I know you, you wouldn't, but could you see an argument where people might think that Rogers has maybe given up a little bit and waiting to be sacked? Because he's not going to walk away, is he, for, from the payoff that he's going to get? You're talking £25 million if, if we sack him. Yeah, what, what worries me about Rogers in general is he doesn't seem to take responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. He's always playing the victim, right? And last year we had all the injuries, and you could kind of sympathise with that. We did have a um, a terrible year with injuries, but there were things that were within his control that he still messed up last season. Otherwise, we could have had European football, right? And we could have won the Europa Conference or even the Europa. Um, it, it cup itself, Europa League itself, because we he messed things up, right? And he's always got an excuse. And this year, this season, the excuse seems to be, we've got no money. I wanted to refresh the club. I was speaking to players all through the summer and now I've been told we haven't got any money. And now the big clubs are circling and unsettling my star players because they've heard we've got no money. What can I do, right? Well, what he can do is fucking motivate the players, organise mm-hmm. them, and get the best out of them. And he's not doing that. It's like he's given up already. Man, you have got one nil on, by the way. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> cool. yeah, so that's that's really annoying me at the moment. This victim mentality he's got, blaming everyone else and not taking responsibility for what he does have control of. Yeah, I think his comments on uh, Saturday after the game made and where the, the fans were booing at the end because they haven't got any new players to see. That I can guarantee that isn't why we were doing it. It was another abject performance that was devoid of uh, confidence, uh, exciting football, you know, energy, passion, all the rest of that. And you're a fellow Northern Irishman. Is it a Northern Irish trait? Is it that you just can't can't accept that? 
Oh, all right, that sounds border, <laughs> borderline racism, Mark. Thanks, thanks. Um, I, I did pick up just from, from just watching the, the match highlights and looking at the, the our numbers, our stats, that, yes, we, we did boss possession, but apart from that, um, we were outplayed um, nine shots to six, um, With... shots on target three to one by Southampton, corners five to two, and um, on the expected goals, um, our expected goals was 0 0.26. Um, so that... that shows how you know how little we're putting the Southampton goal in danger so it did you know you, you guys were there it didn't sound like we we're threatening it didn't sound like we we're um getting the fans off their seats um much at all so I do appreciate that the product that we're producing right now is 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 poor um I'd be interested to hear from you guys how you felt um people like Perez and Daka and Ianacho um looked uh, yeah. Especially Pat Daka, uh, you know he's been he's been around for a, for a while. Does he look he, he the real largely, deal? Uh, you could tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Tom, but he was largely ineffective, really. Um, but he replaced Vardy, who was also largely ineffective. And that's the yeah. third game in a row where Vardy really has done the the precious sum of nothing. Yes, he's had no service, but you, you know if you watch Jamie Vardy for long enough that it's not just about the service that he gets, it's about what he makes happen and his influence around the pitch. And he's he's just not there at the moment. I know he's got his new contract and I'm hoping it's nothing too sort of major and he comes back into it. But Tom, I don't know about you, but for me, he, he was, you know, a largely a passenger again. He was, yeah, yeah. Um, there's always that argument to make of, you know, are the, are the balls getting into him? But he didn't really make any any difference whatsoever. And and same goes with the other with the other strikers that came on. Um, I mean, I, I barely recall Ian Acho having a touch. Yeah. Dak. Yeah. Uh, what happened was, it, you know, it's just my my view, but as soon as we scored, we got totally scared. Now, we scored out of nowhere and didn't look like we were going to score. Yeah. Got a bit of quality from a James Madison free kick, which was... You know, typical of Madison, really, he didn't have a great game, but he's got that quality, isn't he, that it's a bit different to, to everyone else. But uh, as soon as we scored, I don't think we really set foot in there half again. Uh, I might might be wrong, but... No, you're spot on. You're spot to, on. Um, to quote Perez, there's a, there's a woman that sat about three seats down from you, Tom, who I remember halfway through the second half shouting, "Yeah, get Perez off his fucking shit. <laughs> um, and that, that, is, uh, that is the... Commentary that I could probably say is quite accurate on Jose uh, Perez's performance on on Saturday. Yeah, but why it... bring Yuri on as well though? Right, he's been poor for a while. Why not bring Perez on with a bit of energy and box Pratt. to box? Uh, Pratt, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, Barry, do you think there is there is a possibility that Leicester being Leicester, they can go to Chelsea on Saturday and go and get something from that game and start to turn things around off the own back, probably after losing to Stockport tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, you can see you can see Yuri starting again and having a stormer in that game. I think uh, Chelsea looked pitiful um, and were absolutely outplayed. I, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know what happened in that game. It's, it's hard to predict. Like, Chelsea are hard to predict. Um, Leicester do, unfortunately, look a bit Fearful, yeah, just don't look like they're enjoying playing football. Um, like the game could be a horror show, like a nil-nil horror show, quite easily. Um, I hope they do. I hope they, I hope they get a result out of it. But uh, I've, I, uh, this is this is the hardest one to predict so far this season. Yeah, I'm sure when we come on to that later, you know, we might have a varying uh, degrees of what what we think might happen there. Um, so I put on our Twitter earlier that we we're having a show tonight. Two of the lads are still Brendan in. Two are out, um, and just ask for some thoughts on that. Uh, someone's just messaged in saying, "Love to know why there's still faith in Brendan. There's no inspiration in the players, and ultimately that comes from the manager and the coaching staff." Uh, Steve or Aidan, what's your thoughts on that? I'll take this I, one. I, yeah, you take. Um, don't get me wrong; it's not that I, uh, I'm looking on and thinking that he's doing. I'm thinking very different things from you guys. And, you know, the job that he's doing at the minute isn't good enough. Um, I think I would like to see, for me, it's that transfer window factor. And I would like to see how things settle once the transfer window closes, once we know whether, you know, who, what panel of players we've got. 
Um, and and I guess a bit then the, the question that follows when you if you sack someone who comes in in their place, you know, um, he has done good in the past. Um, you, you know, he's, we, we know his record in the past. Um, does is Sean Dyche is Allardyce are are they an improvement? Um, do we trust them to bring the club forward? Um, I don't know. Marcelo Bielsa, he's out of contract in the moment, isn't he? I don't think he's got a job after Leeds. And you can you could see some very entertaining football at the King Bar if, if we brought him in. Well, we can't uh, defend anyway, can we? So well, no, we may as well. Make a Marte captain. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's main, my main thing is, you know, give him a few more games. Certainly if it continues like this, then he, he, he has to go. But give him a few more games and see how things um, settle whenever the transfer window shuts. At which point's enough for you then, Steve? Um, I, I would say 10 games maximum, if not before. I'm very despondent right now. Um, I'd give him a little bit more time. But if things don't improve in the next few games, we've got to consider alternatives. Although I struggle to think who we could get. We, Even if it's a temporary role of just motivating the team and getting them out of trouble, I think that's what we've got to do. There was big rumours coming around last night that Brendan had actually been sacked, and I think that's a bit of hearsay that hasn't gone anywhere as, as yet. Um, there's also some slight hearsay come out this afternoon that the club might be up for sale. Uh, Tom, have you seen that? And if so, what's your if not? Sorry, what's your first reaction to that? Uh, slightly shocked by that. Um, no, I, I, I haven't heard that at all. Um, I did hear the rumours about Brendan going, but <laughs> but no, I don't think there's any grain of truth to has been anywhere near that um well I, I don't know i mean there's there's talk online now isn't there of is well is the owner the problem um i mean i, I wouldn't really like to go down that route of conversation but in terms of in terms of what what would you what what would you proportion at, at top the lack of spending the Decisions around Brendan himself. I think it's absolutely the lack of spending that um, people online are getting at. Yeah. Yeah, they're retards though, aren't they, Tom? I mean, <laughs> we've got to comply with financial fair play, whether we like it or not. Unless we, you know, you've got to have a look at um, Congerton, Rudkin. You know, we signed some duff players recently. We paid too much money for the players that we've got that aren't getting in the team. So we can't get rid of them. You know, you've even got Vestergaard, we agree a transfer fee, and he doesn't want to go for half the salary that he's on now. Kel surprise, eh? Um, so uh, I think there are things wrong. I wouldn't... And maybe there's a bit of naivety at tops level, but, uh, you know, I think he's trying to manage the club in a prudent way. So I'm not going to... I think it's ridiculous to start having to go at him for all that him and his family have done for the club, to be honest. It's bizarre, though, isn't it, that you look at the spending table for the, for the season and the other 19 clubs have at least spent £25 million on players. How can we be that far behind, though, Steve, that we're the only side that can't afford to be bringing players in? Have we been mismanaged to such a point at those signings that that has hamstrung, hamstrung us so much? Or are other clubs bringing players in to then sell later and potentially not registering them in the side? Well, I think we've overpaid players for sure. Um, uh, uh, you know, when you've got bang average players earning 60, 70, 80,000 a year, I think that's way out of order and it makes it difficult to offload them. We've done some panic buys. I don't know why we bought, uh, well, I understand why we panic bought Vestergaard, but why we chose him, it seems completely wrong in so many ways. Um Bertrand, you know, Perez has done nothing. I can understand why we bought him but not paid the amount of money we did so we've made some bad signings we've paid them too much we haven't been able to offload them and surely they knew what was changing in financial fair play I think is it next season to get into Europe then 80% of your revenue is the maximum amount you can spend on wages and we're already over 100 I think um and then it goes down or is it 90 next season it goes down to 80 the season after Surely the board are aware of all of that and their planning should have taken that into account. So maybe there's been some oversight there because... We're not yeah, going to have we to worry st- about that though, are we, for Europe? Let's, let's no, no, we're not. 
but I mean, there's similar plans. similar plans for the, the Premier League as well. So yeah, okay. We spoke around the lack of names potentially. Uh, some names that have been mentioned. You know, you can tell me if this is absolutely outrageous. But Mauricio Pochettino was one that has been spoken about, and and then you you think of the wage that would be, potentially be willing to pay because that financial fair play uh, situation that we spoke about there is only the playing squad, so it doesn't affect the. Uh, wages of the coach so you'd imagine that if Rogers on 10 million was not there you know we potentially might be able to put someone else on 10 million Barry that could change the mind of quite a lot of coaches couldn't it in terms of seeing Leicester as a as a good place to be yeah um yeah I think I think so it's it's got it's got to a stage now where like Pochettino isn't going to come to a team like Leicester I don't mean to sound down down Hearted about it, um, you, like Leicester. Uh, to be honest, I, I have absolutely no idea. We were talking off air about like what who, who who's available and whatnot. Yeah. I think Leicester are going to have to think completely outside of the box with something like that. Like, I think a lot of the fans, Barry, would like someone like Graham Potter, but why would he leave what he's doing at Brighton? Well, well, that's that's where I was coming on to. So like every 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 team is struggling, is clambering onto the Potter train and wanting wanting him to join. Um, but that's that's more like it's because he coaches. Like you, mm. you evidently can see, like he doesn't spend humongous. He runs it well financially. He brings on youth. Um, he gets he gets great great. He gets a great song out of old players. He's, he's a, there's just something about him that's obviously quite good. But he won't he won't move to Leicester. He, he certainly he certainly won't come to Villa. He's he's aiming for. There's no point. His team's on our level. He, he's going for the, the next level and he's probably maybe not sexy enough for that. He probably has to go to Europe to get something like that. Yeah. But I, I, I genuinely don't like for, for, like for Villa, I can see us getting another manager. I can see us getting a Pochettino. I can see that happening. It's an alluring club. We've got um, uh, 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 owners who are, are spunking money quite easily, have obviously got quite a good financial structure that they're trying to do and want to get into Europe. It's okay, Leicester saying they want to get into Europe, but if you're not going to spend any money you don't have a manager that seems to be making the players better, and the players who are there look like they don't really want to play. That's that's a really hard club to want to go and change. Yeah, and our fans have a real thing for money. They think the only reason people would come to us is for money. The only reason people would leave us is for money. And for me, if I was a footballer, it would be trophies, right? It would be playing at the top table in Europe consistently, particularly in the Champions League, particularly if you've got an international career. But you want to win trophies. When you're paid more money than you can spend, having 50% more isn't going to sway you, right? It might sway your agent a little bit. They might put you under a bit of pressure because they'll get their cut. But as a player or as a manager, that wouldn't worry me. And how people, they must be on drugs to think Pochettino would come to Leicester. He wants to win stuff. Is the book his favourite at the minute, Steve? So I've just got the odds up at the moment. I know that means yeah, very well. That's very because important. people are placing bets on him. That's yeah. why he's the book his favourite. The uh, the next good. three names after that, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go into if I'm honest. <laughs> and this is probably the biggest Brendan in the propaganda that I can give exactly. to So we've got Pochettino at three to one, Sean Dyche at five to one, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at eight to one, and Rafa Benitez <laughs> oh at twenty to one. Yeah. Okay, then it's three <laughs> Yeah, so Rafa Benitez. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of fans after him. You know, let's park the bus, and Who's hopefully that? we can score Benitez. Let's park the bus. Just have eleven defenders on the field, and hopefully we can score from a set piece or something and nick it one nil. Want to park the bus with our team? Bloody hell! Well, I would say, Barry. In response to you saying about you know Villa would be more attractive to managers than, than Leicester. You've got to understand that we were in a similar position to this when Puel got sacked and uh, we managed to get Brennan Rodgers from Celtic, which was seen quite at the time as quite a big appointment for us, similar to you guys getting Steven Gerrard, I guess, from, from Rangers. Um, I, th- I think they're slightly different, if I'm being honest, because I, I think, and a compliment to Leicester, because Rodgers was quite a coup then and it was he, he was on the up and... Um, <laughs> but he left Celtic similar to the way he's in just now. He wasn't getting any money. Celtic weren't getting any better. Celtic were on the decline and Rangers won the league the following season. So he will jump at the chance to jump ship if he gets opportunity. And he certainly will if he's going to keep getting paid the money he's getting paid now. He's not going to get that money again, though, is he? Let's be honest. Well, that, well that's the thing. So, 
that uh, this the, what we're talking about the sort of how like I'm, I'm, I don't think Leicester necessarily are bad with money, but they obviously play players such a wage that they would rather just sit around and take the wage than go and and he's like that and mm. fucking fucking hell there's this new fashion with managers unfortunately especially managers who aren't top level are happy to get sacked because they're going to be multi-millionaires when they do get yeah. sacked and, and, and it is a tre- it's a horrible horrible trend and mediocre managers have become millionaires from it they like Sparju and Allardyce and like that like realistically Rogers is above them so he deserves his retirement fund but it is, it is unfortunately a detriment to Leicester because at some point the money does have to stop being spent and the manager yeah. has to manage. I I guess a couple of years ago, Aidan, when uh, we were fighting for the Champions League, we were worried about losing Brendan to a, to an Arsenal or a, a side that is, is considered a bigger club, a top six club. Uh, to show how far his stock has fallen at the minute that really you can't imagine him getting a job of that ilk anymore. No, not at the minute. No, no. Um, I think he's a bit too big a, a risk um, for a team, for, for a top six team. I mean, um, as you guys were saying, he's not, you know, in the reflection of, of how his players are playing, he's not He's not really brought anyone through recently or brought anyone on. Um, you could maybe argue Madison, um, but, but no, he's... he's as Steve said earlier as well, there, there's excuses coming and, and there's there's a lack of kind of fight and, and organisation in, in the team. Um, I guess the tricky thing is to is you're asking, uh, are the players at his disposal good enough? Um, I, I watched Amarte's performance on Saturday and he just looks out of his depth. Um, so why is but, he being picked then? Sorry? So well, yeah, yeah. Why, why him and not Sancho? No, that, that's a very, very valid question. And why is it, you know, it seems to be once we go ahead... We can't. We panic. You know, we, we went ahead against against Brentford. We went ahead against Southampton and teams that we should be beating at home. And a, and a panic sets in. Maybe a poor game management. It only seems to take the, these teams to make a couple of substitutions and change how they're playing. And there's no response from us to that. We 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 can't deal with that. And it's not good enough. You know, um, needs to lift. We've got we've got talented quality players, but. <laughs> We need them to be playing at their potential, um, especially the likes of Indeedy. Um, we need to be getting the best out of those guys. And at the minute, he's not. So no, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd be an attractive proposition for for many teams in England in the English Premier League at the moment. Okay. Well, thanks for that. We'll come off the uh, we'll come off the subject of Brendan Rodgers fairly shortly. But a couple of other names that have been mentioned as well that might be you know, possibly ripe for us if. If uh, if Brendan was to go, I think it's the the Porto manager. Um, so obviously the Portuguese league is probably similar to the Scottish league in terms of stature. Uh, Conceição, I think his name is. He's. I think the the thing is, it's going to be European coach, isn't it? Unai Emery is another one that had a good chance in the Premier League before. He's done a really good job over it. Uh, is it Villarreal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So who knows? So and Roberto Mancini, of course, that used to play for us. That again could be tempted by a chance back in the Premier League um, with some really good players at disposal. Let's not forget, we still have a good squad. So I guess we'll watch this space over the coming weeks and months. I think from my own point of view now, and it's without agenda that I say this, I, I would like us to try and seek that better option out because I can see where this is heading. Um, and you don't have to be a, a fortune teller to see that I, I think the, the football on display at the moment means that we're going to be down that rear end of the table throughout the season if nothing changes, uh, which I think is a, is a huge problem for us. So that's my, my tuppence worth on that. The dogs are green in the background. Um, <laughs> you know, if it changes and we start picking up victories, then, then brilliant. And that's that's really the only thing that, that I'm after for the football club. Steve, I'll come on to you next. Wesley Fafana, what was your thoughts on him not being in the matchday squad at the weekend? And, uh, and where do we go from now? Um, well, you know, Roger says that it was his decision, but was it? I heard he missed training as well, at least one session. Um, and it might have been his decision, but on the basis of Fafana saying that he didn't want to play or he wasn't in the fit state to play. I'm sure we still paid him his wages after all. Uh, we wouldn't be looking after his mental health otherwise, would we? Yeah. We, uh, if we docked him his 90 grand or whatever, just because he wasn't up to training and playing. 
Um, no, it was disappointing to see that. Uh, why he sat with the fans, I don't know. Was that that Rogers didn't want him around the players? Um, he didn't he join didn't... in with the fans, though, did he? When uh, no, he when didn't we cheer when we scored. Um, he seemed to be smirking at the end when we lost. Um, <laughs> he's not doing us any favours. If he's if he's done this, it's playing straight into Chelsea's hands. We've really got to offload him. And we probably won't get the 80, 85 million for him. We'll probably settle for 70 or something like that because he's kind of forcing our hand and making it very public. So uh, after everything we did for him last year when he was injured, give him a new contract only a, a few months ago. Um, I, I just think it's it, it's not good at all. And Harry Maguire gets a lot of shit from the fans, but he left us in a proper way. right? Yeah. He, you know, he, he continued to play for us in pre-season and maybe even he played a couple of games, I can't remember now, and did his best. And, um, uh, you know, he didn't do any of this kind of stuff that Mahrez and Fafana have done. So um, I don't think we should give Maguire as much shit as we do, to be honest. And Fafana deserves a bit if this is what he's done and he ends up going to Chelsea before the end of the week. Do you see that happening? I can now, yeah. Okay. If he's not just mentally exhausted by it all and he does want to go, I think we've got to let him go now. Barry, from the outside, what's your thoughts on Fafana's uh, professionalism or potentially lack of it? Yeah, pretty poor, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't really like the smugness of the game on the weekend. He just had that sort of face on him that he, like he already knew um, and he was happy to kind of watch that happen. It's disappointing because it's, it's such a young lad. Do you know, like if it was a temperamental Ibrahimovic or something like that, he kind of comes with the territory. But he, he like Steve says, for me, he uh, clearly has a short memory and how well Leicester looked after him during that injury. And, um, like, if, 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 he's, if he wants to get to the next level and he was under the illusion that there was going to be more signings and this is where Leicester were going to go next season, et cetera, et cetera, I can understand if he'd be disappointed with it. But I do, I do think there was probably a gen- gentleman's agreement with it at some point to, to sign that five-year contract to get the value for him. And if the right team or right offer came in, I think you'll get the full money. I do. With Chelsea losing Koulibaly for the red card as well, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably want to really snap that purchase. It's interesting, and, isn't it? Because the, yeah. the stories come out in the media at the moment about Chelsea being after Harry Maguire or there's the guy from Brighton, Webster, that have come out and said they're interested in. Is it all a big game of charades, do you think? Do you think it's all geared yeah. towards for fun? 100%. Especially Maguire, because it's about the same amount of money. Yeah. So they're just they're just kind of it's dangling the carrot in front of them, saying, look, we could go and spend this anywhere we want. Just yeah. give us your player, you'll get your millions. But I, I do, I, I think, will he, have the, will he have the mentality to get through it if he doesn't get the move? Like that's that's a big ask from a manager who doesn't seem to be doing the easy things at the club. So I don't know. It, it, that could become a whole poisonous sub story to the the Leicester season. Still, no third bid have come in as yet, of course. Uh, so we're, we're still at the stage where the last one that was rejected was about sixty-five million. So I'm, from what you heard in the stands on uh, Saturday, do you think the fans have had enough of Wesley Fofana? Just looking for for an end now to to this saga. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any any chance of him staying. To be honest, um, I, I, I just don't think the fans would be behind him at all anymore. Especially as as you guys have said, you know how um, how Mares behaved before. He, he certainly wouldn't have got a warm welcome back, and certainly doesn't actually when he's when he's playing for Man City. Um, so no, I think he's I think he's kind of burnt his bridges. Um, and I guess we'll just string it along as, as long as we can and then and then get rid. It's time to go over to the European football expert on this one then. Aidan, have you seen any uh, players out in Europe that might be a good fit for Wesley Fofana or um, how, how do we reinvest part of this money? In the, in the Irish League, in the Irish League. Um, <laughs> I'm watching most of my football. Uh, I can't, can't say that I have. Um, and I think, I mean, that's the issue that it gets so close to deadline day that um, that it's very difficult then to, you know, and it's, we've been in that position before where we have panic bought. So, no, I think I'm, I, I don't know what's going on with with Cagliar Sionchu, um, but I, I would like to see 
you know, him back to his best playing alongside Johnny Evans, um, who didn't fill me with confidence on on Saturday either. But I think Amarte is just out of his depth um, at that level. And, you know, I, I think we've seen good performances from Evans and Sunchi in the past. And I think that's, for me, that's our best bet as a central pairing um, for this season, if we're going to go for for two central defenders. Yeah. Um, I it's just think Amarte it's funny right. to say that about Johnny Evans because I think the the most redeeming thing for him really at the weekend is that he had Dan Amarty next to him who was probably slightly worse. But I thought Evans <laughs> was really really shaky. Che uh, Adams came on and just destroyed the pair of them. Yeah. There's no no yeah, two he's, way not, he's not played well so far, and I can only think was Sioncho. He's got a, a a year left that that um, he's not been offered a contract because Rogers don't fancy him. Or he's refused a contract and therefore he's not part of the plans and they're trying to offload him this window. But the trouble is, the later we get in the window, not only does it give us a problem in terms of trying to find players to bring in, but clubs are less reluctant to let them go because they're not going to have time to replace their players. Mm-hmm. So uh, we yeah, can have to end up in you? a really difficult situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to end up with a few cast offs there rather than players that are playing week in, week out for, for other sides, which again takes time for them to get up to speed, which is probably a luxury we don't really have at the moment as well. Uh, it's interesting one, we'll watch how it progresses with Wesley Fofana over the next nine days. Uh, we could do without him signing for them before this Saturday, that's for sure. Because uh, you can imagine how that would be written already for him scoring on his debut against Leicester for, for Chelsea at the weekend. So fingers crossed that won't happen. Should we have a little bit of a quiz? Let's have a quiz. Cheers, all. It's the return of the um, League Cup tomorrow night. And Leicester play Stockport County in round two. First time we've played in round two for a few years due to our European exploits. What I've got for the League Cup is now 25 years since Leicester City won it in 1997, beating Middlesbrough in a replay at Hillsborough. Uh, 1-0, Stevie Claridge, Steve Marples, remember it well? I do. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is to tell me other winners of the League Cup. There's probably about a dozen. Sorry, I can't be more specific on that. I did it about 10, 15 minutes before we came on air. So apologies for, for that. But I'd like you to tell me who teams that have won the League Cup since 1997. Start with you, Tom. You're next on my screen. Yeah, Man City. Man City look like they've won it every time since 1997 on this list. <laughs> but they've won it uh, in four of the last five seasons. And actually, in six of the last nine. Uh, so, yeah, Man City's correct. Barry, coming to you. Liverpool. Liverpool won it last season, 2022. Aidan? Uh, I'm going to say um, Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur did win it in 2008, the last trophy that they've won when Harry Kane was just a wee boy before he was playing. Uh, Steve Mock, Steve? Chelsea. Chelsea won it last in 2015, won it in 2007, 2005, and 1998. Tom? I'll go Arsenal. Arsenal have not won it uh, since 1997. Just double-checking that. No, they definitely haven't. Uh, Sorry, you're out. Baz? Birmingham. Birmingham City, 2011. Oberfamia Martins with the goal, I think. And they got relegated. And they got relegated, yeah. Glorious. Aidan? Uh, Leicester City. Leicester City won it again in 2000. Courtesy of Matt Elliott double against Tranmere Rovers 2-1 at Wembley. Last trophy, I think, in the old Wembley. Were you there? I was there, yeah. Yeah. A few of our guests were playing that day. Steve Guppy whipping it in. Stevie Walsh was playing. Ian Marshall. Yeah. Steve. Steve. Manchester United. Manchester United last one in 2017. They've won it in 2009, 2010 and 2006. Baz? Middlesbrough. Correct. Middlesbrough won it in 2004 at Cardiff, I think. That was when it was still being played at Millennium Stadium. How many is left? Uh, A few. Okay. Blimey. Two. Uh, Aiden. Two left. Yeah. Two left. 
Middlesbrough was what I was going to say, so I'm struggling. Uh, Southampton? No. Thanks for not running out of answers for me before someone wins this. Marple's on. As you're my bets that you're not going to get this. I'm going a bit left field, Swansea. Yeah, they did, yeah. Good work. Nice. <laughs> 13, they won 4-0 in the final against Bradford City. Nathan Dyer, ex-foxed among, amongst the goals that day. Baz? I'm going to say Wigan, but I think it was the FA Cup. It was the FA Cup. Steve, can you complete it? Probably not. Norwich City? No. Blackburn Rovers in 2002. Oh, I had them on my list. (laughs) But no, most of the big six are the ones that have won it, to be fair. But there's a few little little pieces of encouragement in there for us, isn't there? (laughs) Uh, We'll move on very quickly to talk about the the game tomorrow night at Stockport. Steve, we played them in League One all those years ago, 2008. And uh, I don't think we had an easy ride against them then. They've just been promoted back to the Football League. What, What do you expect from the game tomorrow? I expect us to give a lot of players a run out, to be honest. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how some of them get on. Um, whether that includes Vestergaard and Cags, it should include Pratt, uh, Mendy, uh, Albrighton, um, Thomas. Sorry, who? Everson. Yeah, I think Everson will get a run out as well. So, It'll be interesting to see how they get on and whether the malaise has gone further than the the first uh, team group that we've been seeing. Um, I remember many years ago going to Rochdale in the League Cup. Um, I was working in Stafford and I, th- I just thought I'd go along and uh, couldn't get in the home end. And uh, then a programme seller says, uh, if you give us a fiver, like I'll get you in and I'll take you into the ho- in, into the Leicester end. And he did. And we went 1-0 behind to a Mickey Whitlow own goal away at Rochdale. And I thought, oh, no. And we ended up winning 7-1. So it'd be yeah. nice if we did something like that. But just a victory would be good. There'll be a few lads, Tom, in and around the squad that Steve's maybe mentioned there that really might see this as their opportunity to to get a first-team slot. Because in that first 11 at the minute, no one's nailed down, are they, really? There's, there's chances there to, to get in the side. Well, there should yeah. be. Yeah, you're right. I think we we mentioned the other day, you know, Luke Thomas hasn't seen any action in a while. Um, it'd be nice to see him, you know, get get a bit of game time. And obviously, we've we've got a few young lads that have played a few minutes here and there, but haven't haven't had a proper run out. So yeah, you could kind of put together quite a good squad with um, with a few sort of has beens, if you like, and and some of the newer kids. Maybe get a couple of players like Callum Wright and George Hurst maybe in the squad who've been impressing for the under-21s again. George Hurst scored a double on Friday night against West Ham. Uh, he's 24 now, so he shouldn't really be playing for the under-21s. But it would be good to see someone like that get, get an opportunity even off the bench, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Yeah, because our, our bench is, you know, it's it's become pretty stale, to be honest. And Brendan most of the time doesn't call on them. So, <laughs> so it'd be nice to see um, some, some fresh legs out there. Yeah, it's a good point. Aidan, were you going to say something there about uh, some of the young lads? Um, yeah, I guess it's, I, I think I do agree with you getting the young, getting the young lads and getting them minutes and getting them blooded, giving them a chance to, to impress. Um, I guess the, the counter argument is actually, do you play, do you play some of the guys that played on Saturday just to get the first team to, to get a win and yeah. to score some goals and, and hopefully to gel a bit more and, and to have a good positive experience together. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's the other side of the coin, but but probably probably then if you go to Stamford Bridge on, on Saturday and, and you and you lose, then the, the the question is why did you not rest players? Why why are they not fresher? You know. Yeah, um, no, it's, so, a, it's a really good point, isn't it, Barry? Because winning is a habit. Uh, how important is this game tomorrow? I know it's. You could look at it and go, it's just Stockport. But then it was just Newport County a few years ago when they dumped us out of the FA Cup. Um, we have to be careful, don't we? But, you know, let's not think about it going wrong. But what, what benefits could it bring for us for a good good result and a good performance tomorrow? I think, you know, the winning's obvious benefits. But I think I'd like them to try, he needs to try something different. And I don't just mean the players. I'd like him to go back to the three at the back. 
and play the wing backs and two up front and uh, maybe rest Verdi and let Daka and Ian Atchell take control of that. I'd probably still play Perez, uh, not Perez, sorry, Madison. Um, I would definitely play Mendy, maybe with Yuri. KDH is one of your important players now, so he maybe needs to take the rest. I just, I don't know what back three. Like, it's probably the chance to rest Evans, but do you? Because that means it's Amarte, Sionchu, and Vestergaard, which sounds like an absolute calamity. Of, yeah, it does. Yeah. It? <laughs> so, like, that thought, Buzz. But like, I think, um, I think, I think he needs to go to that formation uh, for me because uh, I just think it's his best. Um, I, I saw, I only saw the highlights on the weekend, and it, to me, it looked like Barnes didn't really do anything. So I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought watching the game, but um, well, it just, I, I, I think it's, it's okay fitting him in when he's. All guns blazing, but just what now we'll you need to get some points. What we'll say is, I think Barnes is our most dangerous player. I said that to Tom on Saturday. Whether he's on on it or not, he's the only one that can take the game to, um, that can take take a player on and really take the game to the opposition. What I found was a bit strange on Saturday was that I almost feel like we're trying to be a bit too clever tactically. So uh, this inverted winger thing that Man City's inverted fullbacks that. Man City doing with Cancelo, we we were doing that with James Justin, and he was almost tucked in as a central midfielder for most of the game, uh, which gave Barnes the space to to have a bit of a run. But inevitably, what was happening was we were losing the ball, and uh, and then we were short at the back down the down the left back channel. So uh, a bit dangerous really to to play against. Do you think, Steve? At times like this, it's just a matter of from a tactics point of view, keeping it simple and doing the simple things right. Well, especially in the League Cup against Stockport, yeah. Just get the basics right and you're going to win, aren't you? As yeah. long as you put the effort in. You think so? You you would imagine so, yeah. Put the effort in, do the basics right, you've got to beat a team like Stockport, yeah. We'll take- uh, and my question would be, if anyone has a really good game that doesn't normally play, is Rogers going to have the balls to drop some of his regulars and put them in against Chelsea? Have you yeah, got anyone in probably. mind that you think is on the periphery? Well, I don't know. It could be Mendy. It could be uh, Ian Atcher didn't play well, did he, when he came on? Um, it could be Hurst if he gets a shout. I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League, personally. Um, uh, it could be Thomas. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Pratt, I think, has got a chance to shine. I think he should have had more minutes already. Um, and if we're going to rest KDH, he probably sits sits in that role because he's quite a box-to-box player, got a lot of energy, yeah. got a lot of time for Dennis Pratt. So um, they've encouraged him to stay and he wants to fight for his place. So give him a chance. It's almost one of those things at the minute where people's stocks rising just by not playing, by not being <laughs> associated with what's going on on the, the pitch. But who Villa got in the, the cup in the second round? Well, Bolton away. Oh, oh it's the sky, isn't it? Yeah, not looking forward to it at all. Normally, when we're on Sky in the cup, we get knocked out. So. Yeah, well, that's the reason it's been picked, I imagine, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. A, uh, they see that as a bit of a banana skin. I'll take some uh, predictions for the game then, guys, uh, tomorrow night. I'll start with you, Tom. Yeah, I think we're going to win 3-1. Okay. Aidan? I'd say 3-0 Leicester City. Barry? Uh, same as Aidan, 3-0. Is it because he's top of the prediction league and you kind of? I just don't see you conceded in that. I think um, I think you actually will get a couple. We'll find ways to surprise you. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steve, four-one to the foxes. I'm going to go two-nil. An edgy, edgy uh, affair because they'll be proper up for that tomorrow. I don't think they've started particularly well in League Two. I think I see, saw one of their fans saying that all we had to do was turn up and that would be uh, that would be good enough. But obviously that's not always the, the case, is it? Let's have a quick look. Where are they in League Two? They are 21st. They've won one game and lost four in League Two. <laughs> right, OK. We, we, know, we know what we're up against now uh, tomorrow night for, for that. Uh, before we finish that, a couple of minutes on Yuri Tillemans, if, if we can. So the... The number now seems to be going down in terms of the bid that's likely to come from Arsenal. Barry, I'm bid hearing 15 million might be a little bit closer to the mark now rather than 30. Again, is it not just one of those that we need to get over the line and, and move on? 
Yeah, well, I saw a lot of Villa guys on Twitter today saying, why are we not going for him? Because he's so cheap just now. Uh, I don't fucking want it. He doesn't improve our midfield. But I think that's I think that's unfair. I think that's a low I think that's a, a low a low value. I think I, I said that he's he wasn't worth more than thirty. I think we said that last season and I got my head bitten off. But he's he's not. Um I yeah, think with a good 20, contract he probably is. No, you say that about anybody that's got that contract. I think twenty to thirty million is probably the right amount. Twenty million is probably what you're gonna get for him. Um but like, I, like who's who's coming in? Like, like who's who needs who needs that player that looks like he's not giving it his all? Doesn't matter if you're young and got potential and played in Europe for so long. And you, uh, yeah, mind you, <laughs> well, not I, I just don't know. I, I, I think I don't know if he is going to go. You know, I don't know who's going to pipe up that money. What happens if he doesn't go then, Aidan? Do you see him knuckling down till January and then trying again? He's a bit of a different character to Fafana, isn't he? But it can't be helpful having players around the club at the minute that don't want to be there. No, and I, I think at some point we need to just have, like, kind of press the refresh button and reset button. And um, I think that can come from a couple of good performances. Again, I, I do think it's crucial just to get to September, just get the transfer window over, let things settle, see who we've got and and hopefully shake the players up with, uh, and see who wants to commit and, and and play. And hopefully at that point, um, Brendan Rodgers will start getting the best. He'll maybe settle his own head and start getting the best out of them. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's got a slightly better character, Telemans, than Mares and than what we're seeing with Fofana. Um, but he needs to start, for his career, he needs to start playing football again and he needs to start playing well again. It'd be a shame uh, on a person, you know, on an individual level to see him stagnate um, and not achieve the potential. You know, he can be, he should be playing European football. Um, he should be one of our, our top Premiership midfielders, um, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 most weeks um, in the Premier League. And, and we're not seeing that from him at, at the moment. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah, Steve, I think we've seen the best out of uh, Tillemans that we're going to, haven't we, now? I, th- I think maybe some of the goodwill of the fans has started to disappear. I've seen some of the memes, the Anthony Joshua memes, where he's talking about being 18 stone and he's heavy, and that's why Tillemans can't track back and stuff <laughs> like that. So, um, you know, we're at a stage now where we need the money, don't we? And it would it just be best for all parties if that bid came in and he was to go? I think so. Um, uh... I'm guessing his head's elsewhere or he's just got into a malaise and it'll do him good to go somewhere else. He's a, he's a top-class talent on his day. Um, I don't think he's played well. He played well throughout last season, generally, and, and hasn't started the season well. So for, for his own career, I think he's going to have to move. And if he ends up staying for the rest of this season, or at least till January. Um, uh, I think that's really bad for us because I think Rogers will keep playing them even though he, he, he's not playing well uh, and he isn't playing well. So uh, I'd accept 15 million for him right now just to get him off the wages and have a chance to sign somebody else, I think. Next time we have a show, Tom, be about the end of the transfer window. What do you want to have happened before then? <sighs> um. Well, I want us to feel like we're not completely in the shit, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, at the moment, it's it's all a bit doom and gloom, isn't it? Thinking, you know, by the end of the transfer window, are we going to have a manager? Are we going to have a defender? Are we going to have a midfielder? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough time at the minute. And, well, I, I mean, we, we need to get some sort of cover in defence. That's just an absolute fact. Um as, as we've already discussed at this stage, you're paying top dollar. Everyone knows they can kind of take you for a ride. So, yeah, I'm just hoping that we can get one or maybe two um, centre-halves in. Well, thanks for giving me my little snippet for the show right at the end there. That's going to be my, my YouTube snippet. <laughs> what do you want to be? Just not, just not in the shit. And I think that's a good point to leave the show tonight, guys. I know we've had a lot to discuss about a few subjects, but the hour has absolutely flown by yet again. So thanks very much for, for your attendance. Thanks for coming on and telling us how it is. Hopefully we're going to have some better things to talk about in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. But as for... 
all of us here today, uh, all of the OGs. That's the end of another episode of It's 11, It's 7 for Jamie Vardy. And we'll join you again next time. Network.